turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone than a tranquil oasis. Well, if that's you, fear not. There is hope for you because tonight we're bringing you part 10 in our series entitled Peace in the Battle. Oftentimes when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a literal war zone with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around. Soldiers running, people screaming, chaos. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts? A battle on the battlefield of our mind? But don't despair. There is some good news. There is good news in the midst of this battlefield. But you say, what is that good news? I'm so glad you asked. In order to find out, you're going to have to stay tuned for this and much, much more. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by the program tonight. Well, you know, we're living in a world today. The world by which we live is in bad shape. Everywhere you turn, we hear about bad news. And it's good every now and then when you hear about good news. As Brother Gary was saying, we always try to bring good news in the midst of bad news. And Jesus has come to this world to bring us some good news. And uh, he said that the uh, type of peace that he's come to give you is not the type of peace that the world talks about. Jesus came to give us some peace within, some peace within. And this peace that he gives within, you can't buy, my friend. You got to believe it, receive it, and achieve it. That's the way you're going to experience it. And the angel even came at the birth of Christ and announced, you know, peace on earth and goodwill towards all men. You know, he mentions goodwill. And I want to kind of like build on that word goodwill. Because, you know, a lot of us today, we're trying to discover the will of God in our lives. A lot of people come to me, they say, how can I know the will of God? How can I follow the will of God? Well, by way of introduction, I just want to kind of like throw at you five different W's, five different W's. 
And I believe if you put these W's in your life and you write them down and put them in your life, it'll revolutionize your life. It'll mature you. It'll grow you in every aspect of your life. The first W is that uh, that brings this peace of God and is, is that we discover the first W is the will of God. You know, Jesus was driven by the will of God. Everything that he did was being driven by the will of God. Are you that way today in everything that you do? You know, James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, you know, you know, don't think about tomorrow, but you're going to do this and do that. But say, if the Lord's will. That's what James says. And Jesus, and, you know, he learned this from Jesus, James, because Jesus taught in the disciples' prayer in Matthew chapter 6, the disciples' prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was driven by the will of God, and most of us are driven by the flesh, the world, and Satan. That's why we don't experience the peace of God in our lives. And you know, when you're driven by the, the will of God, you're going to be doing those things which please him. And then you're going to experience God's peace within. Even Jesus, when he was getting ready to go to the cross, you know, he was in a battle, a battle that was even deeper than the cross itself. And he said, pass this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. Thy will be done. See, Jesus was driven by the will of God. Are you that way every day? First thing you do when you get up in the morning, are you driven by the will of God? And then when you're driven by the will of God, it brings forth another W, which is the ways of God. See, when you're seeking and searching and looking in for the will of God in your life, it will help you to know the ways of God. Because you got to trust in God with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Doesn't it say that in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? He will direct your path. That means his ways, because you are seeking, number one, his will. Then his ways kick in. And then the third W... His works kick in. He wants to do a good work in you. He wants to do a great work in you. That's why he says the the things that you will do will be greater works than him. Why? Because he was only on the earth for, in terms of his ministry, three and a half years. But you have a, a lifetime, much longer than three and a half years. So you're able to accomplish more. So... Jesus is not saying that you're going to be able to do better works than him because he did things that no one else could do. He's saying on the level of greater works on a level by which you are on the earth to accomplish more than what he did in terms of the longevity of years that you have. There's a difference. So when you're kicked into and an alignment, I like that word, in alignment to the will of God, then you'll be in alignment to the ways of God, 
and then you'll be in alignment to the works of God, and the works of God will produce wisdom, wisdom in your life. God will give you that fourth W, which is wisdom, to discern what is right and wrong, because God will be working in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will guide you and teach you and direct you and give you that spirit of discernment so that and that wisdom so that, like the book of Proverbs says, that, you know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, and you need that in your life daily is to lean on the wisdom of God in your life. And then the wisdom of God will bring forth a greater understanding, fifthly, of the Word of God. The Word of God. That's why we study it. That's why we meditate upon it. That's why we sacrifice letting the not only the written Word have control of our lives, but also the living word, which is Jesus. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So I believe that if you apply these five W's in your life, it will revolutionize your daily life and your walk with God. See, because the will of God And when you talk about the ways of God, you can put with that the walk of God because the ways of God is is giving birth to the walk of God. That's another W, the walk of God. These are memorable things for you to remember. And that's why we have said, uh, and we're getting back to this series on there are five ways you can be afflicted when you lack the peace of God in your life. There are five ways that you can be afflicted when you lack the peace of God in your life. I just look around me today and my heart just is compassionate for those who are living devastating lives, living lives of defeat and turmoil and trouble and problems and issues and on and on and on people being defeated, Satan defeating churches, defeating families, defeating marriages, defeating people. And and they're being afflicted, and we talked about before, just as a means of review, we talked about when you lack the peace of God, then there is a spiritual affliction. Uh, we said that this spiritual affliction comes as a result of us not being plugged into the source of our strength, which is prayer and the study of God's Word. And when we lack the armor of God and we lack being accountable in the church, it opens up the door to spiritual affliction. And spiritual affliction leads to, number two, another affliction, which is emotional affliction. And emotional affliction stems from anxiety attacks, worry, stress, fear, panic, extreme mood swings, even uncontrollable anger, isolation, you know, eating disorders, hopelessness, depression, unhealthy relationships. All of this has to do with 
emotional affliction because when your spiritual life is not right, then your emotional life is not going to be right. And then we talked about number three, that when we get afflicted spiritually and emotionally, then it leads to thirdly in mental affliction, which is the big topic today in our world, right? Everywhere we turn today in our world, they're talking about mental illness. In a large segment of our society, people are mentally ill. And I believe that there are people mentally ill from a uh, biological standpoint, but I also believe that they are mentally ill from a spiritual standpoint. And when you have a person mentally ill from a spiritual perspective and including demon possession— This is why you see in our world today so much craziness, killing and rapes and violence and hate and even religions that are hating other people. These people are mentally off. They've lost their minds to be a religion, whether you're Islam or black Hebrew Israelites, Mormonism. Doesn't matter what that religion is. The nation of Islam, when you hate somebody, it is a mental problem and a demonic problem. There's so many people today that get so caught up into even the issue of you should eat this and you shouldn't eat that and you should eat this and they get into this dietary type of thing. And isn't it interesting that the Apostle Paul, he writes to Timothy, and he gives a list of things, and he says, even those who are controlling people under meats, he puts with that demonology with that. Satan is behind a lot of this stuff. So we see an example of this mental illness of Jesus healing the demoniac man who was demon-possessed plus had a mental illness problem. And there's people all around us today in our families, in churches, in the community, all around us with mental illness problems. And when you mix that with demon possession along with that, you have somebody worse than a zombie. You know, so... But Jesus delivered. I'm going to say this in closing, and we'll pick up with this mental thing next time. Jesus delivered this demon-possessed man, and he will do that with you too. If you turn to him, if you reach out to him, if you repent, if you surrender to him as Lord of your life, not as the law of your life. See, you know, people are controlled by the law that first L, but not the last L, which is the Lord. He wants to become Lord of your life. If you become Lord of your life, he will deliver you. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone for 
your diligent prayers. You know, without the prayers of the saints, we could never make it. We also want to thank those who um, partnered with us financially over the last couple of weeks. David, Jackie, Donna, CR, Charles, Bruce, Sandra, Richard, and Carol. It it does cost us 400 a week to to run this program. Um, and right now we're looking at a $350 for this week's program that we need. And so we are asking for your help to meet that need. If you enjoy this program and the good teaching, we just want to encourage you, partner with us financially so we can continue to do this radio ministry. So important. Uh, We need your prayers and we need your financial support. And we need both consistently to continue to be on the air. There's two ways you can donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Second way is so much easier. Just go on your computer, your laptop, your smartphone, your tablet. Go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the Donate button. And uh, that's all you got to do. And away you go. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. You'll partner with God and us in this ministry to keep things going, to keep the answers flowing, and to be a blessing for those that need help, those that need uh, to better understand God's Word. And that's all of us. So we all need to be constantly learning. The definition of a disciple is a learner and a follower of Jesus Christ. You consider yourself a Christian, but you're not learning anything, then you need to have a checkup from the neck up because God has called us to be his disciples. That word disciple and Christian are synonymous. They're not two two separate things. They're the same thing. And uh, that means we need to be learning and following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, we're going to get to our callers, Dr. Buckner. Are you ready to tackle these wonderful questions and yes, comments. Yes, let's do that. Sounds like a good plan. All right. So we're going to go to CC in Oakland. How are you doing, CC? Uh, how are you guys doing? We are truly blessed. It's a blessing to be back in uh, in the studio and to minister, and we trust that uh, uh, you got blessed by the Word tonight and got encouraged. Always, always, always. You know, that's from the heart. It's, I always get blessed by it, always. Uh-huh. How did that minister to you tonight? Well, it ministered to me. You broke down a lot of points, but I want to go to your, your conclusion when you uh, talk about the um, the, the uh, mental, mental, uh, mental affliction and emotional affliction and spiritual affliction, and then you when you broke it all down to why um, ex- people have anxiety, panic attacks, depression, and all these other different things that people struggle with. And even when you broke, came down to, you broke it down to the, the mental part when you said it's, it's not physical, but it's also spiritual. And that I, that really that really spoke out to me because I was watching a video on my phone um, yesterday where it was a teenage boy who ran to school and let out this teeth. This other kid was walking with a backpack on, and he didn't see the kid. And he ran up to the kid. He started shooting, and the kid tried to run, and he gunned the kid down. And then took off running the other way, and I was like, well, "What could possess a person like the, the, the kid was only 18 years old, and the grandmother was crying?" I was just like, "And it really grieves me." But when you mentioned what you mentioned just now, then I, it brought me back to what 
what you had talked before. I mean, you said the thief comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. So it's just not a physical thing that we deal with here in this, in our world with all these different uh, atrocities that we uh, encounter. But it's also spiritual, and a lot of times people don't realize that. You you had talked before that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. So I really appreciate that because I was really that was really grieving me when I watched that video. It grieved me a lot, you know, that to see that you know, that kid get gunned down like that by another kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always a sad situation, uh, but uh, it definitely fits into the message that uh, we're dealing with mental illness and demon possession, and it's very real in our world today, and this is why these messages is right on time. Uh, appreciate you sharing that, giving some feedback and sharing the story, too. Uh, what's on your heart regarding a question tonight? I want to ask you in Romans chapter 3, and um, I want to ask you a question in uh, verse 20, uh, 28. Okay. You have your Bible? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Why don't you read that? Okay. I'm in Romans three twenty-eight. For those who are listening out there, is, um Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. All righty. And what would you like for me to help you with, with this verse? If you can... Um, sort of like in a, in a sound bite form, break it, break it down. Okay, um, I, I can't do that. Uh, let me say this first and foremost: is that uh, we always say uh, a text taken out of its context becomes a pretext for error. And when we look at the context, what Paul is doing is talking about here. Um, two different uh, major things. Even prior to that, he's talking about righteousness and how that is established, um, you know, uh, through Jesus Christ. And that righteousness is produced as a result of us having faith in Christ. It is not something uh, has to do with a bunch of do's and don'ts that the cults say and false religions say, you know, that you got to do this and got to do that. And and even in Jesus' day, Jesus was constantly battling the Pharisees who were constantly bombarding him with uh, the law and uh, abusing the law. And so Paul is taking on that same task here. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, he's simply arguing here. You look at verse 27 where he talks about, you know, uh, uh, by what law? Uh, of the works, nay, but the law of faith. And then he kind of moves it over to talking about, uh, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. (coughs) Excuse me. So we see here that Paul is showing the difference between uh, the law itself that God has established the Mosaic Law and the ceremonial laws and all of the other laws that go with that, uh, 613 strong. And he's saying, he's arguing that we're no longer justified by those things. And we never were but justified by those things because Abraham never was. He just believed God and it was counted to him righteousness. So what Paul is saying here is that the law was given to us to lead us to the uh, it was a schoolmaster to lead us to Jesus Christ. 
And Jesus Christ is the one that we look to now through faith. So what he's saying is in verse 28, therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's where everything stops right there. And then verse 30 talks about faith. And then do we then, verse 31, do we then make void uh, uh, of the the law through faith? So uh, it is faith today in Christ that makes us righteous and that makes us justified before God. It's not doing the law. And Jesus had to rebuke the Pharisees over and over because he dealt with the same thing. They were trying to bombard the people with a bunch of do's and don'ts and adding to the law and subtracting from the law. And uh, it's simple faith in Christ that brings salvation today. And that's why Paul even argues in Galatians, uh, not in Galatians, but Ephesians 2, 8 through uh, 10, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So we're justified today by faith in Christ and trusting him as our Lord and Savior. And uh, by doing that, faith will produce works. So, But it's a different works than the works that the law is requiring. Faith produces works uh, in Christ, and that's the thing that makes us justified before God. So hopefully that helps out, but if you really look at this chapter closely, Paul is making a distinction between what is the law in terms of the law of works and then the law of grace, which is through faith in Jesus Christ. See, and so, and you do a study of Galatians, one of the things that the black Hebrew Israelites hate, and I said this when I was doing my lecture, they don't like the teachings of the Apostle Paul, because the Apostle Paul, even in Galatians 3, and throughout the Galatians, talks about those who are under the law is a curse. I don't want to be cursed, but if you're living under the law, you will be cursed because we're under the principle of uh, faith in Christ today, which is the thing that justified us. And that's the thing that got Martin Luther, the great Reformationist father, in trouble with the Catholic Church is because he got sick and tired of the bunch of rituals and uh, traditions and the different laws of the Roman Catholic Church, and he simply... Uh, wrote a 95 thesis and nailed it on the Wittenberg Chapel in Germany and said, the just shall live by faith. That's the same thing that Paul talks about in the, in the book of Romans. So hopefully that helps out and gives you a little additional insight to what Paul is trying to say and what we need to say today as well. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, uh, uh, what can we pray for you uh, today, tonight, regarding? Okay, I appreciate it. Um, if you can pray for my family, once again, uh, my mother, Rosa, Rosa, Linda, and I have a, um, a, a family member who's having heart problems, and um, I want to pray pray for them in, in that area, and also that God will strengthen them. And, um, yeah, just pray pray for that. And um, you can just, God wants just pray for me. i got a lot of different a lot of different stuff on the line, but God knows what it is. You know, saying one of them is I've got a lot of pressure on my head, and then if you can lift up um, 
Lauren London, which is um, uh, Nipsey uh, Nipsey Hussle's uh, wife, the one who was gunned down by the other guy, and lift her up, as, as well as the family and all those who are mourning over him, and that they, this would be something to use to draw them closer. And then last of all, uh, lift up Britney Spears. Cause I know she just she just checked herself into a mental health facility or something like that. So I know she needs prayer too. Okay, well, we'll do that, and we'll have Brother Gary to lift up these prayers. Brother Gary. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think. And, Lord God, we know that uh, you're able to touch people at their point of need, and we just lift up Brother Cece's family, his mother, Rosalinda. We pray for his friend with a heart problem. And, Lord God, we all had a heart problem at one point in time, and you stepped in and you gave us a new heart. And so we pray, Lord God, if there's a physical heart issue, that you would repair that heart. And if there's a spiritual heart issue, that you would repair that heart as well and give that person a new heart in Christ Jesus. We pray for Lauren London and the whole family of uh, Nipsey Hussle and those associated with him, and that you would just use this as an opportunity to draw people to yourself, Lord God, to give people a sense of their mortality and their finality, Lord God, and their need for a Savior. And we pray for Britney Spears, Lord God, that you, as Dr. Buckner mentioned earlier, the spiritual and emotional and mental afflictions that come upon people, particularly in entertainment, particularly when there's drug abuse, particularly when uh, people are, are in darkness, Lord God. The enemy can sweep in and create all kinds of havoc and affliction. So we lift her up as well. And Lord God, we just thank you for being a faithful, faithful, faithful father. We praise you. We give you glory and ask these things in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Gary. And uh, Cece, thank you so much for your uh, call. And uh, we appreciate you at all the time. And so I think we're right before a commercial break and we're going to turn it over to Brother Gary. Time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to encourage all of you who are listening and have been listening to continue to pray for Contending for the Faith. Your, the, your prayers are so vital to what we are doing. Every week when we come on the air, it's, a, it's warfare, and we need the prayers of the saints continuously going up on behalf of this ministry. It's so vital. Second thing is we need your financial support as well. This is a listener-supported ministry, and without your your support, we are not going to go very far. It's a, a important thing uh, to be consistent in prayer. It's an important thing to partner with us and be consistent in your giving so that we can continue to do the work God has called us to do. There's two ways to donate. Send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary, and I appreciate those announcements. And we appreciate all of you out there in Radio Land for your prayers for us as well as your support. And we do need people to step up this week so we can have enough to give uh, uh, KFAX uh, this next weekend. Appreciate it. 
all your prayers and all your support and your love for us and the Lord. Well, we're going to get to uh, our next caller. Uh, we're going to call us. Uh, we're going to bring on Sophie. How you doing, Sophie? Um, good evening. Well, good evening. How are you doing? Well, I have this question. It's really been bothering for many, many years. I am uh, from Budapest. My husband is from Israel. Mm-hmm. Okay? So um, he does not believe in Jesus. And so I tried to bring him to Jesus. Uh, and so I was asking the gentleman I just spoke to. He said when the Jews were coming and coming, they had been taken from, you know, Moses took them out of, of, of slavery and bondage, and they're crossing to the promised land, and the God, God is giving them oh, everything they need. Basically, they, he said he's kept them from the soldiers, he's separated the sea, he's protecting them, giving them all these things, but they complain, they complain. And is that meant the mental illness you're talking about? Why they see all the miracles that are happening, and uh, yet they don't have the faith. What was keeping them? If you see miracles, how can you deny the faith? And then if you take it later on, why don't they believe in Jesus? Jesus is, uh, God loves the Jewish people. I don't, un- I don't understand this. Is it what you were talking about? There's some kind of uh, a mental illness? or uh, Why wouldn't they believe in Jesus? And why were they complaining uh, when, with so little faith when, the, excuse me, when they were coming through uh, and God did all those things for them? Well, that's a good question. Uh, both of your questions are, are very good, and let me try to answer them the best I can. Okay. You know, um, behind complaints uh, is several things. Uh, one is the flesh, because really, um, you know, there's three enemies, right? The Bible talks about uh, Satan who comes at us in the spiritual realm, the flesh that attacks us in the inner realm, and the world that attacks us in the outer realm. So uh, complaints uh, stem from Satan, and Satan uh, was in the midst of them. And one of the things that he caused them to do is to doubt God. And when you doubt God, you start to get into a spirit of uh, complaints. And that's the thing that kept uh, mostly every one of them from going to the promised land. The only ones that made to the promised land was uh, Joshua and and Caleb and the younger generation, those 20 and under. Uh, But the older generation, because of their complaints, they didn't make it to the promised land. And then the writer of Hebrews talks about that they died in the wilderness because of unbelief. And Satan kicked into that unbelief. And, you know, unbelief can send a person not only away from God, but it can send them straight to hell. Now, the second question that you have is why don't they believe? Well, this is the issue. Let me kind of break it down, why the Jews don't uh, believe today. Okay. This is the big problem. Uh, when you look at the history of the Jewish nation, uh, they had been oppressed for uh, centuries upon centuries, okay? It started off with the Babylonians, and then it went to the Syrians, and then it went to uh, the Greeks, and then it went to the Romans, and they were oppressed throughout their uh, lifetime. And uh, the scriptures had taught 
that Jesus, according to Isaiah 52, 53, 54, that he would come as a sufferer, a suffering servant, a suffering savior. Well, they got their eyes off of the scriptures and started looking for uh, a conqueror to come. And I believe that the Antichrist in the end of time is going to counterfeit Christ to be what they are looking for, and they're going to be duped by that. So they got their eyes off of a suffering servant, and they wanted to have a uh, conquering king to come as Jesus to uh, ride through the uh, streets of Jerusalem, not on a donkey, but on a white horse conquering the Roman uh, government. Jesus came just the opposite, but the second time he comes, he will come as a conqueror. So they got their eyes off of the scriptures and the promises of God's word. And when you get your eyes off of the word of God and what he says, it always gets you in a whole lot of trouble. And so one of the most effective ways to witness to, uh, you know, a person who's Jewish is to Look at Isaiah 53, where it talks about he was wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, and God has laid upon him the iniquities of us all. And then you ask the question, the theological question, who is that? Who is that person? Because that's in the Old Testament. They say they just only believe in the Old Testament. But when you ask that question, who is this person? Who is this person that's wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities? And you cannot, if a person is honest, they cannot deny the fact that that's pointing to Jesus Christ. And so, anyway, hopefully this has helped you out with some of the questions you have. You have some good questions, and hopefully I've been able to help to answer them for you. Absolutely. I will tell that to to my husband because I I think you have, I don't know how he could argue. I'm curious to see. Yeah, yeah. Ask him and and, and, uh, have him to look at uh, Isaiah 53 and say, uh, who is this? Who does this? Uh, who does this remind you of? Who is this? Who is this person that's wounded and and you know bruised and for the iniquities of the world? If you really have an honest heart, you're going to have to come to the conclusion that that's Jesus, and that's in the Old Testament. And yet, you point it to the fact that he fulfilled that on the cross. But he not only fulfilled it on the cross, but he came back alive and said, "All power has been given unto me in heaven and earth." So why don't you share that with him and then? Give us a call back and let us know how it turned out. Oh, I would appreciate that so much. And I love the, the five W's, so I got a lot from that, too. I wrote them all down. I will keep them in my mind. So thank you so much for, for your time tonight. It was very, very helpful. Well, you're welcome, and Keep us in prayer and, and get some people out there to support us. This is one-of-a-kind ministry, and we're going to have Brother Gary to pray for your husband. What is his first name? Oh, his, his first name is um, Elman. Okay, let's uh, have Brother Gary to pray for him right now. Lord, we just thank you for Sophia's call. We pray and lift up her husband, Elman, that you would open his eyes and soften his heart by your Holy Spirit, that he would receive the truth of your word and that his eyes would be open to the reality of who Jesus Christ truly is, his Lord and Savior, that he is the coming Messiah and he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And and we just pray for their marriage. We pray that you would be the cement that binds them in their love for each other. We pray, Lord God, that you bring peace to their household. We pray, Lord God, that you meet every need that's represented in their lives. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for your call. Is this your first time calling? Oh, yes. I, I was a little, you know, not as nervous because I don't sound so great. But I, I, you sound wonderful. You sound wonderful, and we love your accent. And <laughs> let me give you an acronym for fear. Uh, fear F means false. E evidence. A appearing. R to be real. So remember oh, that. that. False uh, evidence you know, appearing I, I, I to be real. I must say I like you are such a, a what to say um, a brilliant man. So I like the way you talk. Oh, thank you so much. So I appreciate, it, but I'll take, let you go and, and and God bless you all. God bless you as well, and we'll be praying. Okay, thank you. All right. All right. All right. What a wonderful call. Yes, really. It's always good to get a new caller and with some encouraging words with a good question. Yeah. So let's go to an old caller. <laughs> uh, old caller? <laughs> an old caller. Oh. Uh, the, <laughs> Brother Rick, are you there? How old is he? <laughs> I think I have it. <laughs> I just want to give a shalom to uh, Sophie, and, and she really blessed me tonight. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, so I, I just I just want to validate her, and she's uh, doing a wonderful work. Amen. And Amen. you know, you you need to tell her about yourself. And she, she, hopefully, she's yeah, still well, listening. I, I, just, I, I would have told her. Well, yeah. speak it so she knows that you are Jewish. Sophie, and I'm I'm a Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, You're well, maybe Jew. maybe what we'll do is be able to uh, connect uh, the two of you sometime in the future where you can talk right. and we'll, say that. we'll give a shalom to that. Amen, mm-hmm. amen. And what's and, on and your? We were really blessed, and we were really blessed last week too, but that's another story. Amen, amen. Well, we're gonna. And I got, I got a question for tonight. That uh, I, I started I started going into the scripture, and I, I'm going to ask you to explain. Uh, it's in Genesis uh, six one through four. Hmm. We talk about the sons of God and the daughters of men, and there are different explanations for that. Right. And then I'm going to ask you to explain the giants. Mm-hmm. Because oh. uh, I'm going to ask you to break that down for me. Not the San Francisco ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 this has a biblical explanation to it. The, the, the giants are also called Nephilim. Right, right, right. Let me let me uh, try to shed some light on this. Uh, that's a very good question, Brother Rick, because there's a lot of confusion around the giants, and we're going to try to take the fusion out of confusion here. Um, there are people today who believe that uh, there are different arguments, uh, and some people believe that these giants uh, were the offspring uh, of uh, uh, demons uh, having... Uh, re- relationships uh, with uh, uh, human beings, and that is uh, I call mythology, not theology, because Jesus debunks that in saying that uh, angels neither marry nor are given in marriage, and so the first principle of hermeneutics is that you always interpret the Old Testament in the light of the New and never the reversal, and then also Jesus said in Luke uh, 24, uh, you know, when he appeared after the resurrection and the doors were uh, shut and he simply appeared. He didn't go through the door like Casper the Friendly Ghost. He simply appeared. Now, that's what an ultra-dimensional body can do. It can step from one dimension to another without any violation of of uh, gravity. And so when he appeared in the upper room to the disciples, they were frightened and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And Jesus said, 
that, you know, handle me see for a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. So Jesus debunks the argument that a spirit can take on physical capacity. So it's very important for us to understand that. Now, let me get to the uh, giants itself now, because these sons of God is really the godly line of Seth uh, intermingling with uh, ungodly uh, women of uh, through the godly through the ungodly line of Cain, but the giants itself. It's really important that we look at verse four, and I encourage everybody to get their Bibles and look at what I'm saying here because this is a critical, critical point. Uh, when you look at uh, Genesis six and verse four, it says there there were giants in the earth in those days. Now. This means that there were giants and Nephilims that were existing before that the sons of, uh, of God went into the daughters of men. So a lot of people try to argue that these giants were the, the offspring of the sons of God going into the daughters of men. No, that's not what the text is saying. There were giants, Nephilims living before them. Before this uh, intermarriage, also there were giants living after this. So what the writer's letting us know, there were giants in the earth in those days. And then notice the pause. And, and also after that, now notice it says, and, and, and also after that, the writer's letting you know, and after that, meaning after these giants, okay, after these giants, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. So the writer is separating the giants from the sons of God and the daughters of men having relationships. That's something very very important that we distinguish right there. I hear the music right now, but hopefully that helps you, Brother Rick. Uh, we can, uh, I can elaborate on this more next week, but hopefully that helped you out. All right. We'll talk about another time. Amen. Thank Amen. you for the call and your question as well, Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, Josh, our prayer warrior, and you, our listening audience, for being a part of tonight's program. <clears throat> it's important that we hear from you, your letters and cards, and encouragement to us. So drop us a note. Let us know how the program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.